you can be told all day, you know, you can do anything and you can believe it, but you're always going to have a little bit of doubt until you go out and do it. Welcome to Real with Teal. This world is evolving, my friends. We are elevating as a collective, and it is my mission to expand your mindset and see the realness. You will be hearing from the top thought leaders, change makers, and entrepreneurs across all industries on how energy, intuition, manifestation, and consciousness have all played a massive role in their success and fulfillment. I'm your host, Teal Cooper. Let's get real. Welcome back to another episode. I am super excited for you guys to hear my conversation with Samantha Pantazopoulos. Sam is the CEO and co-founder of Visor, an app designed to give people healthier habits while making working out more meaningful. Basically, it gives you the opportunity to donate a meal to those in need as a reward for working out, which is a pretty genius concept if I do say so myself. She just turned 26 and is crushing the entrepreneurship life by leading a team of 10 employees and really practicing being in the present moment and maintaining balance while working her ass off, but also prioritizing her mental and emotional states of being, which we get into today. And we really dive into her journey of building Visor, the scrappy moments that came along the way, and what entrepreneurship has really taught her about herself. She shares her views on manifestation, what entering a higher state of consciousness has looked like for her and the importance of really staying present. With that, let's jump in. Hi, Sam. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for coming over. I'm so excited for today. You know, I love being here. Oh, I'm so excited for everyone to hear this conversation with Sam. And how do you pronounce your last name? Hantazopoulos. It's my favorite last name I think I've ever heard in my life. I love it so much. I used to think that it meant the city of bread, but it doesn't. What does it mean? I think it means the city of all. Interesting. Or somebody told me that I I really should look into it now that I'm saying it (laughs) on this recording. Okay. Well, I want to start by Sam. Take us through your journey of why you started Visor and tell us what Visor is all about. Yeah, definitely. Visor is an app. The whole goal is to help people develop healthier habits. We give daily workout challenges and any day that you reach your goal, you have the opportunity to donate a meal. It's all about incentives and finding motivation to work out. And for me, it just really stemmed from the fact that I didn't have that. So I had a very unhealthy relationship with exercise. Um, It kind of spilled over into an unhealthy relationship with food where, I mean, growing up, I was, I was never an athlete, never played sports, didn't really know how to work out. Um, I find myself in college my lifestyle is kind of catching up with me. I'm starting to gain weight. I don't know how to work out. I start really restricting my food. I was in the same boat. Exactly. And I think you see it everywhere where, you know, people are trying to, to balance these two sides of the scale to reach this optimal idea of health. And they really struggle to do so. Um, and for me, it was like, how do I fix that relationship? You know, view food as something positive and, and help that kind of stem into my motivation to work out. Pfizer was born. I love it. So walk me through, like, if I download the app, how does it work? So we give you an activity challenge each day. You could either walk 10,000 steps, which we track on your phone. So anybody can use it with just a smartphone. Um, Get 30 minutes on an Apple Watch or a Fitbit. New wearables coming soon. Love it. Or take class at a studio that we partner with. Every day you do that, you just come into the app, tap donate. 
and then a brand will donate on your behalf. Um, as you do that, you earn points and you can use them for free items from local businesses. It's so genius. I love the app. So when did you launch Visor? So we launched in January of 2019, but okay. at that point it was just in San Diego and we didn't go nationally until June of 2020. Okay. And it's you and your cousin. It, yep. And now you have a team of how many people? 10. It's so amazing. Growing quickly. And you raised money last year or was it this year? So we won a prize okay. uh, from the Alliance Healthcare Foundation here in San Diego. We were funded off of that uh, for over a year. And then we did a small bridge round, just kind of friends, family, angels. Um, but we'll be doing a, a more formal raise next year. So when you were in college, were you like, I want to be an entrepreneur and start my own company? Or what made you like have that shift of mindset? I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I remember you know, going around my neighborhood, passing out flyers for different projects I was working on in elementary school. And I went to school, I studied business. So I knew I wanted to be in that space, but I, I wasn't sure that I wanted to do social entrepreneurship until I really started to learn more about it in college. And it's just such a, a cool blend, I think, of like the impact you want to deliver in the world and building the resources through business that when I was in college, it clicked. Yeah, I think. And I mean, you've shown that this is like what you're meant to be doing with your life. Like, don't you, do you feel like you're on the right path right now? Like everything's in alignment. I do. I feel really fortunate that I found, I mean, product market fit, whatever you want to call it, life calling for my career as early as I did in life. I think a lot of people kind of struggle to figure that out. It can take decades. And for me, that clicked really early. So I feel really lucky. Right now, what are you like working on with Visor? Like what are your next steps? So we, when we launched the app, it was a pre-pandemic world. Um, it was only in San Diego. We were building out our local footprint and then we were going to expand that model across the country. When you saw a pandemic sweep across the country, you saw need dramatically increase. You saw hospitality and studios kind of change overnight. And we had to adapt to a virtual world, which I think we did well. Um, but now you have this kind of blended virtual to online to offline world that, you know, restaurants are keeping up with, studios are keeping up with, the impact landscape is keeping up with, and we're just kind of building our technology to fit into that space well. So taking what we did here, nationally growing it, but then also localizing. When it comes to the goals that you have for Visor, for life in general, do you do any practices or anything to manifest them into an existence? Like, do you do anything in that regard? We're big on manifestation. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, the whole team is, it's something we talk about a lot. We have a channel on Slack that people just kind of put in things that they want to bring forward or things they're excited about. We're constantly talking about, you know, what's upcoming and speaking it as if it's happened. Like this is something we're going to do. This is something that an impact we will have. It's not, you know, we would like to, or is that possible? Um, so I, yeah, we absolutely manifest what we do as a company. We manifest the impact we want to see. And then personally, it's something I do a ton. Do you think you have always been this way with manifesting? Like, were you raised with that mindset? I think so. Um, I was an only child and my mom would always tell me, you know, whatever you want to do, you can do it. And I think I grew up in a small town. There were limits in that town of, of what you could do. And I never really saw 
geographic barriers. She was like, you can go anywhere, you can do anything, kind of set the dream as you would want to see it. And I think in my mind, the opportunity was always bigger than the obstacle. Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel like I couldn't set a vision no matter how big it was. So that is so interesting. I feel I relate to that because my parents also raised me with like, you can achieve anything you put your mind to. And I think having that foundational belief system, like really sets you up for success. Do you have daily rituals or a morning routine? I love asking people what their morning routine is. I used to have a really strict one where I would wake up, I would work out. I would try to fit as many of these, you know, on paper, these are what you should do in your morning activities in. Um, but it was way too structured. So I kind of threw that aside and now I just kind of wake up and do what feels good. So I would say there's a list of activities I kind of choose from either journaling, reading, walking on the beach, working out, um, meditating, big on meditating. And then whatever just kind of fits that morning is what I do. And holistically throughout the week, I kind of get everything in, um, more so than when I was just doing like a little section each morning. That's great. I think, yeah, when we over structure, it becomes like boring in a sense. It makes me feel like you have to do it where it's like, sometimes you just want to do what feels right in the moment. Do you feel like we both, so I recently met Sam and we both have a friend named Christina, who's an energy healer, shout out Christina. But I don't know. I feel like we've both had recent, just like awakenings in a sense of just like the change of perspective and awareness. And I'm really curious to learn about your own journey through that and your shift of consciousness that you've experienced. Yeah. And I think the question that you asked about manifesting, it's actually the opposite sometimes for people who have an ingrained understanding of manifestation or visualization and feel like anything's possible. It becomes really easy for those kinds of people and entrepreneurs in particular to live in the future Mm -hmm. where, okay, you know, this is where I want to go. And you're, you're always in this headspace of two years out, three years out, five years out. And I think I was in that headspace for, you know, a decade plus from high school, you know, I'm going to get into college, college, I'm going to, yeah. And it was always just kind of pushing ahead what I wanted to do, where I think working with Christina, um, a big focus was how do we ground in the present and really understand what's going on today? You know, are you happy with how things are today? Are there things you would change today and how those things stack to get you where you're going? Um, so it was kind of like a reverse wiring or, or brain programming. Yeah. It's like, how do I really ground in the now? I think that's my biggest challenge in this life mm-hmm. <laughs> to really learn how to be more present and not what's next thing. What's next thing. What are ways you stay grounded in the present? I'm a verbal processor. So I think talking to people is a really good way for me to do it because otherwise I get in my head and I could go anywhere. Um, so really trying to connect with the people that I'm with when I'm with them and not be somewhere else. So not on social media, not checking my email, my dad, he's an entrepreneur as well. And he always says like, we'll, we'll be sitting at a restaurant. I'll pick up my phone. He's like, who's at dinner with us. And you realize how rude it is. Like, (laughs) why am I looking at my email at seven o'clock on a Friday for something unimportant that could completely redirect your energy at that dinner? Um, so just trying to really connect and be mindful of who I'm with, how I'm spending my time and not be pulled in a different direction by something I didn't even, well, I guess I did welcome in, but don't welcome in. I love that. I think 
when you think about consciousness, it really is all about the present moment and how we can stay present and not get caught up for us. I think it's both the future, but some people it's the past too. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's the hardest thing to really, it's a practice every day. It's not like one day you're going to wake up and be like, okay, I'm present. You know, it's like a daily practice. What would you say, like, I guess to give advice to someone who's trying to stay more present besides verbal processing, would you give any tips or advice on how to achieve that? I think what you were saying about, um, timelines is really important when you set a goal and there's something that you want to accomplish it, it can take time and something like being more present is a practice. So you can be more present in this moment and then immediately go back to not being present. And it's not like you you know, one, are you lost? It's you're making progress towards where you want to go. Um, so I think having grace in the process with yourself where it's like, okay, this is what I'm moving towards. I found making really significant energy shifts or changes for me takes a year. So from the time that I really start like being mindful or something's come into my awareness to start working on it to the time I actually see its impacts, like really show up in my life. And it's something I've integrated is a year later. Um, so in terms of like what advice or what steps, I think kind of like an awareness check is where I would start just like, okay, what, what am I unhappy with? Or what do I want to change? And then where does that show up for me? Where am I not present? Where do I feel like I'm struggling? And then how can I adjust my behavior to show up differently in those instances? And if you keep making steps in that direction, you'll notice a year later, oh, wow, you actually were able to really shift like the 10 areas where you weren't present. As a result, you're now present. Yeah, I think that's really smart and really great advice. When it comes to beliefs, I think like throughout that practice of doing that, certain beliefs can pop up. And, you know, I think we learn a lot by observing our thoughts. Do you have, or are you aware of any beliefs that you have that a, like, didn't serve you that were kind of like limiting that you had to work through. And then I want to know, like, what beliefs do you feel like you have that currently serve you too? Yeah. I think the big one that was getting in my way in a lot of areas was I had to be doing something to be productive or be valuable. Wait, I had that exact problem, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like COVID was the reason why I don't believe that anymore. Mm -hmm. It shattered that belief. And we just had been programmed to believe, uh, and I don't know, I don't want to speak for you, but that, okay, if I have time, I should be using it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if I'm going to be delivering value in this relationship, like I should be offering something of value. And I didn't even recognize it at the time. I thought I was being helpful or I thought I was being productive. Um, But there's kind of like a gap in your feeling of enoughness there. If you feel like you need to do something right. And then you also struggle to receive. So you kind of have this like doing versus receiving balance that I didn't even recognize like how much time I was wasting and how much energy I was wasting, feeling like I needed to be on all the time. So once you stopped doing, what were the results that you saw in your life? I think I became calmer. Like I'm sure my nervous system, if you tested it before and after is, is a entirely different story. And I think it's so important as a leader in an organization that you're setting the tone that you want people to model or to look towards as, you know, this is how we, we act in this company and this, the expectations. 
I would be saying to people, you know, I, I value your time and I don't want you working after a certain, like after five o'clock, for example, I want you to spend time with your family. I don't want you on all the time. I want you to take care of your health. And I mean all those things, but they would look at me and I was doing the complete opposite of that. And I mean, your, your body and your actions speak more than your words sometimes. So I think when I started changing my behavior, it kind of gave freedom to the people in the, the organization to say, okay, wow, like I can do this as well. And everybody's happier. Everybody's more yeah, productive. Have balance. It all comes together. I love that. So for a belief or multiple beliefs that you feel that you currently have that serve you, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I think that abundance belief is really important. Um, I think it was formative in my development and it serves me really well today. Just the idea that it is possible. Um, if you can envision something, you wouldn't be able to envision it if it's not something that can exist, right? So what you want to do is possible. It's just figuring out how and also believing like that, that kind of empowerment that I do have the ability to do what I want um, and to bring that into my reality. It's kind of like a, a stacking. So you see it and then you also believe that you're able to bring it forward. That's how it comes. Yeah. Um, and, and then pair on this, like doing versus receiving, you know, sometimes you don't have to do anything. You just have to put yourself in a position to welcome things in. Mm -hmm. So I think the three have kind of molded together. For sure. And I, I think it's so interesting because so many people will talk about what you just said in just different words in different terms, but it's obviously working for so many people. So, you know, it's so powerful when it comes to, I don't know if, if you've listened to Kaylee's episode we talk about the bucket theory, which Sam was the creator of <laughs> Love bucket, the bucket theory. Can you walk us through how that came to be and what the bucket theory is and what your thoughts are on it? Yeah. Kaylee and I were on a walk and we were walking around the Marina and just kind of talking about life. And it's funny. I'm, as I said, I'm a verbal processor. So I have these conversations like just casually. <laughs> um, but we were talking about how we prioritize our time. And it was kind of the same concept of, you know, if you're only going to be doing certain things, make sure you're doing things that you really enjoy and that fill you up and that you know what they are kind of going back to that awareness conversation. Um, so the question I asked Kaylee, and I think she spoke to it as well, but you know, what are the things that you enjoy doing? And at first the things that came up were kind of like temporal in nature. So, you know, her company or places where she directed her energy. And then the question kind of evolved, you know, what, what builds into that? So if you like your company, like what aspects about your work do you enjoy? What's the fundamental activity? Um, and then we were kind of able to uncover that. And for me, you know, visor is absolutely one of my buckets. Like I put so much time, so much love, so much energy into it, but it's also, it, it's like a step or it's something that goes in to the greater bucket of building something. Like I love building. That's where my energy goes or creating, you know, whatever you want to call it. And it doesn't have to just be work. It could be, you know, art or it could be music or it could be um, writing an article. Like all of those things for me really fill me up. And when you know, like these are the things that, you know, give my energy, like I love doing, 
and you build your life around those things, then you're being really conscious about the kind of life that you want to live. And if you don't have that awareness, then you just go from one thing to the next, one thing to the next. The earlier you know something, then the better you're equipped to build your life around it. So I think it's a great exercise where you yeah. just kind of like figure out, you know, what do I want? And go so what that. are your other buckets besides creating or building? Building is a big one. Learning is a big one. Um, I have always been obsessed with knowing things. I'm just like very curious um, how they work, why they work, what's the history or the backstory, um, how to teach it. So that's definitely one for me. Um, and then connection. So, and that, that goes back to the conversation piece. How can I take you know, something I'm passionate about and, and find people who share that? And how can we you know, merge it into this like united passion? So connection, learning, building, those are the things that I kind of architect my life around. I love that. I think um, I did that exercise and it's really powerful because it makes you realize for me, I attached a lot of my self-worth to my company and it made me realize actually there's more of a deeper rooted thing that I love. And I, for me, it was also creating. So I think it helps you detach a lot too from certain things in your life. Um, but when it comes to being an entrepreneur, I'm curious, like what you think the biggest things entrepreneurship has taught you about yourself. Entrepreneurship is a crash course in personal development. It's an MBA. It's a like crash course in emotional intelligence. I think conflict resolution. Um, what it taught me about myself was I think the, you can be told all day you know, you can do anything and you can believe it, but you're always going to have a little bit of doubt until you go out and do it. Um, and when Dylan and I started, it was just the two of us, very, very limited resources. Um, and we had to figure it out. Like we needed to do anything in the company. You're on YouTube or you're calling someone up and we were shameless. We would call hundreds of people for meetings to try to learn. Um, and I think it taught us that you really can, you know, do anything. And it's just so different when you internalize that belief because of your own experience and because you proved it to yourself than somebody telling you. What do you think are some of the scrappiest things you guys did? <laughs> oh my God. There were so many. We, we would go basically anywhere we could find free food. <laughs> um, so we joined like uh, a networking organization. We joined a committee to plan a conference because they had Chipotle burritos, for example. And we volunteered probably, you know, 50 to hundred hours of our time for this conference because there were weekly burritos. So <laughs> I love it. Kinds of things where you're just like, so, so, so bought in. Um, didn't one of the conferences lead to something bigger. It did. Yeah. So through that conference is how we connected with a gentleman who was involved with the organization. We won the prize from. Wow. So we had gotten on an email list, like through volunteering, got the email. It's how we learned about it. And, and I think that ties back into like, we talked a lot about, you know, effort and mindset and, um, putting yourself in a position to win. But I think so much of entrepreneurial success is, you know, being assisted along. So, you know, God, the universe, whatever people call it, um, just knowing like there's a greater plan. And if you're, you're lucky to be in one, then. Yeah. It's putting yourself in the right place, the right time, but you wouldn't have received that 
surprised if you didn't like put yourself out there in the first place. It's like, there are no coincidences, I believe. No, not at all. Um, yeah. I mean, I love hearing about your scrappy stories and, <laughs> and the free burritos, but now, I mean, it, you've come so far. And so it's like, what, um, this next year in 2022, your goal is to grow a lot. And what's your goal by like the end of 2022. I think in terms of scale, my goal is to take what we've done here and really, really replicate it in 2022, where, you know, if you're in San Diego, we have a really vibrant local ecosystem here. And I think that we can do that in cities all across the country um, to kind of build this tapestry or this fabric of visor across the nation. So that will be the goal. You will do it. Random question tangent on that. Do you have any advice on like an entrepreneur on hiring people? Yeah, I think hiring is one of the hardest and one of the most rewarding things that you'll do as a founder in particular. Um, because when you start, you know, it's just you and you have this idea, you and your co-founders, um, and then you build this team. And some people don't like when you refer to a team as a family. We do. Um, I think probably because we're a family business and a lot of our friends involved. But these people are opting into building the vision that you have set. And I think that's like such an emotional experience where, you know, somebody saying, Hey, I believe in this and I'm willing to take my resources and my time and my attention and commit it to making this possible because I think it's bigger than us. Um, when you're hiring, that's really what you're looking for. And I think so often people get caught up in, you know, resumes or they get caught up in things that don't matter. Um, I'm a big, big believer that if somebody has work ethic and passion, that person can be really successful in your organization. So those are the things that I look for, um, more so than credentials or, you know, anything on paper. Do you think like stock options for employees is like a must and a huge like advice you'd give? So if you have the option to have your employees be owners in your company, especially the early employees, I absolutely advocate for it. I think it's huge for team morale and just for the concept of, of going back again. You know, If people are putting their energy into buckets and somebody's really, really early at your company and they're putting their energy into that bucket, then of course you want them to have the opportunity to participate in whatever happens with that company. So yeah, I'm a big, big believer that it's super important. Um, and advocate for it all the time. I love it. So I think we, you kind of answered my, one of my last questions I always love to have or love to ask of like, what is your most fulfilling life look like for you? We kind of touched that with like the buckets, but if you could wrap it all in a sentence, what would you say? I've read a medium post about this. I haven't published it yet. Um, but it talks about micro decisions and if you can micro optimize your life. So say I go to the coffee shop and like one day I want an herbal tea because I'm on like a no caffeine thing. Then you could easily get in the pattern of every time you go to the coffee shop, then you get the herbal tea. But what if like one day you go and you know, your mood's kind of off and something about like the mocha is really speaking to you. Like if you had chocolate in your morning cup, like totally different day. Um, in terms of fulfillment, I'm really conscious about the micro decisions. So if every time I'm choosing something, 
I'm choosing the thing that I feel is right and it's going to make me happiest, then it stacks into this like really, really fulfilling life. So it could be something as insignificant as what am I going to get as my Java order when I go to the coffee shop? Or, you know, where am I going to go on my vacation? Who am I going to spend my time with? Who, what kind of music am I going to listen to? Um, just super, super intentional. And my biggest fear would be, you know, 10 years later, looking back at something and be like, how did I let that go on so long when I knew it wasn't right? So I think just being really aware, really intentional, and then you'll be surprised like how happy you are. This is a random question, but do you know what human design you are? Manifesting generator. Okay. I was going to say, cause I'm the same. And a big thing for manifesting generators is your gut feeling in the moment. You could say yes to like a plan a week before, and then the plan is coming up and you're like, actually this sounds horrible. And like acting on that feeling in the present moment. And it's like, it's- I'm the worst at that. I'll agree to something. And then the day comes and I'm like, oh wow, I really don't want to do that. Or it just doesn't all. feel right. Like you don't, doesn't make you want to feel like good in that moment. Um, yeah, I can really relate to that. Okay. So last question I love to ask, what are you trying to get more real about in your life? More real. I think maybe more spontaneous. So everything I just described is a lot of like thinking, you know? Um, and what you're talking about is that gut feeling. So if you weren't, if you weren't thinking it through, then how would you react or what would you do? Um, because I think as you were describing, like our brains are limited. So we have the information available to us. We have our own perceptions, our own beliefs, and then we make a decision. Your intuition, your body has this like deeper form of knowledge, and that's just going to lead you in the right direction every time. So I think getting out of my head, getting into my body is probably my connection. It's great. It's beautiful. Well, thanks, Sam, for coming on. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode with Sam. I hope you enjoyed it and gained value from our conversation. And if you did, please feel free to share it on social and let us know what resonated with you. We're always interested. I would love to know. And if you haven't gotten a chance yet, I would greatly appreciate if you're enjoying the show that you would rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to me. Thanks so much again. Have a beautiful rest of your day.